It's easy to say you trust in God when everything is going according to plan. But how do you maintain your faith when the world is testing you? Even more difficult, how do you maintain faith when God is the one testing you? This is Bible Habits, Genesis chapter 22. In Genesis chapter 22 verse 1, we read that after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. The test of Abraham comes after these things. These things are all the times that God has shown himself faithful to Abraham, especially by giving Abraham a son. Just prior to Abraham's test, we read in Genesis 21, verses 1 and 2, that the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken. So God is doing as he had said, as he had promised, of which he had spoken. And after these things, when God has held up his end of the relationship, and Abraham has no reason to doubt, God wants to know, will Abraham hold to his faithfulness? The test, in verse 2, is to take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Abraham had sacrificed his past in Genesis 12 by leaving his country, his kindred, his father's house. Now he's being asked to sacrifice his future by offering his son, his only son, whom he loves. And surprisingly, Abraham gets up the very next day, early in the morning, saddles the donkey, chops the wood, gathers the servants, and heads to the mountain of sacrifice. No complaints, no fear, nothing like the fearful Abraham we read of in the preceding chapters. How does Abraham make such a journey? First, look at verses 7 through 8. Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father! And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. Abraham says God will provide, and God had provided, Isaac. Abraham had not earned Isaac. He did not bring him about through sheer force of will. Isaac had been freely given to him by a gracious God, and Abraham knew that Isaac wasn't actually his. He was God's. Everything that we have been given has been given freely, and anything freely given can be freely demanded back. But Abraham also made that trip because God had tested him again, back in verse 1, after these things. Because Abraham had been protected by God through thick and thin, because God had given him a son as he had promised, as he had said, which he had spoken of, Abraham knew that he could continue trusting in God's promise. And if God had given Isaac once, he could give him back, even from the dead. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 17, says that by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. 
Abraham just seems to assume that God can resurrect Isaac. God had said that Isaac and his children would become a great nation, and Abraham took that as reality. If Isaac dies in Moriah, then God must be able to get him back up again. Abraham was able to make that sacrificial journey because no matter what happened in Abraham's life, he was embracing the promises and trusting that God was still faithful to him. Come what may on the mountain of sacrifice, God would still be the same faithful Lord he had always been. But instead of raising Isaac from the dead, God spares him in a different way. In verse 10, Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, don't lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Now I know, says God to Abraham. Now I know that you fear me because you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. God has proof of that fear. God's tests demand that we hold nothing back. That's what it means to fear God. That love that we have for our family, for money, for our own egos, God demands that. Because any love that we have that is greater than our love of God is an idol. God had asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, whom he loves. But notice that in verse 12, Isaac is only Abraham's son, his only son. Nothing is said about him being the son whom Abraham loves. Now, Abraham certainly still did love Isaac. But this story is written in a way so that we see the change in Abraham's heart. He still loves Isaac, but now we see that he loves God more. For many people, all this talk of sacrifice sounds a bit too much. To love God more than my spouse, more than my child, my own flesh and blood? That's just too much, man. What right does God have to demand so much from me? Well, consider a story in the New Testament. In Mark chapter 1, verse 11, when Jesus was baptized, a voice came from heaven and declared, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Just as Isaac carried up the wood meant for his death, Jesus carried his cross to his death. But this time, there was no voice from heaven. There was no ram caught in the bushes. God gave his son, his only son, whom he loved, for you. God is demanding nothing more than what he has already given for us. And so we can hold nothing back from the God who gave us everything. Everything.